So now there is um, the possibility that intermittent fasting could help protect the brain from age-related diseases like Alzheimer's. Dr. Claudia Nsapi is a lecturer at the University of the Free State. Dr. Nsapi, thank you so much for joining us. Listeners, Michelle, good morning to you as well. Thank you so much for the invitation. So, Dr. Nsapi, before we even go into the possibility of uh, doing uh, intermittent fasting and understanding what that is, if I... I stand to be corrected, but I remember in July, literally like about a month ago, there was a lot of talk about um, a new drug that had been approved by the FDA in the United States, the Food and Drug Administration, hopefully to be able to give to people with early Alzheimer's. What was that about? Because it's unusual for them to find drugs um, which do work with Alzheimer's. Um, thank you for the question as well, Michelle. Yes, so that drug, if I'm not mistaken as well, there hasn't been much literature on it. Um, as you mentioned, it actually is one of the newer drugs on the market. So I don't actually want to dwell too much on it. But from what I've read as well, so the few studies that have been done have also been conducted in rodents, for example, and this early results or preliminary results suggest that there might be some improvements in terms of overall um, retention in, you know, um, you know, uh, brain function and, you know, not preventing sort of like the loss of your certain brain cells and the regions that we know actually are impacted in diseases such as Alzheimer's disease. But as I mentioned, I think those results are still very much in the early stages. And the disease like Alzheimer's disease, um, as you know, is very, very complex. It is not just a one approach type Absolutely. of uh, condition. Yeah. So it is still very, very much in the trial stages. But yes, any um, insights on that, I think, uh, will definitely lead uh, to better diagnostics going forward. What is Alzheimer's and how does it differ from dementia? Okay, so if you can just imagine um, with dementia, right, so dementia could just be something as simple as, um, you know, the overall loss of uh, memory or brain function with time. So let's say, for example, I had early answers of dementia. That could just be as simple as me saying, hmm, I wonder where I left my keys. And that becomes a more recurrent uh, sort of like incident, to, you know, like occurs. Whereas with Alzheimer's disease, the question is, do I even have keys? Mm-hmm. You see that, yeah, it's a very, very large disparity. And unfortunately, with Alzheimer's disease, it's not reversible. It becomes progressively worse with time. Whereas dementia, there are interventions that one can make to possibly slow the overall onset and the progression of that condition. I, I, I know someone who had Alzheimer's um, or knew someone who had Alzheimer's, uh, and it was an extremely difficult process because, as you say, it wasn't a case of, well, I can't find my keys. It was a case of, what is this and how do I use it? Mm-hmm. Um, and more and more and more, there was a kind of sense of not knowing, which I think for anybody who has Alzheimer's must be absolutely terrifying. No, absolutely. That is correct, Michelle. And I think it's not just the person that is affected. It's also the overall support structure because... Everyone essentially has to come to the party as far as being caregivers for individual. And I mean, in cases where that could possibly be a parent or very close family member, inadvertently, we all are in one way or the other affected by that person's mm. condition. And the fact that, you know, things like memory loss that come with time, not even being able to recognize your own children, I mean, that has various psychological factors on the overall family dynamics as well. So it can be very, very difficult. We are going to go into uh, that intermittent fasting, but one more question with regards to that. If you are someone 
who has a family member or a very close friend or a sibling or a parent or whatever the case may be who has um, Alzheimer's, what is the best way to handle it for yourself? Oof, I think uh, it's not really a one-size-fits-all uh, type of approach, but I would say first and foremost, um, educate yourself on the condition. Educate yourself, um, gather as many resources, both in terms of literature and in terms of an overall support structure in the community if you can, so that you can, it is essentially like a community, I want to say project, but it is a community effort to actually care for that individual, more so if they're very active in, overall, in the community as well. So I would say yes, definitely educate yourself, uh, empower yourself as well with your own support structure so perhaps you might need um, therapy in other forms and then of course patience, patience, patience because it's definitely, yeah, it's definitely uphill um, once the diagnosis is made. We have to go to a break but when we come back uh, from the break let's look at what intermittent fasting could do and I'm going to just um, put this to you if you are listening. Perhaps you know someone who has uh, Alzheimer's and you may have had the experience of seeing them as they change because of the disease and we'd love to hear from you and see how did you resolve that for yourself because it's hugely hugely difficult and what did you do also to protect them but also to protect your own grief as you were losing that person as well it's 10 to 8. Michelle Constant on SAFM. 10 to 8 we're talking about Alzheimer's and how it works on the brain and certainly as an age-related disease, the impact it may have on you as a family member, etc. And if you have got any thoughts on that or you'd like to call us, you can call us on 86 2032 or WhatsApp us and send us a voice note on 0614-104-107. Our guest is Dr. Claudia Nsapi. She's a lecturer at the University of the Free State. Dr. Nsapi, um, if one starts early in the game... And it's hardly a game, but um, with uh, something like intermittent fasting, how would that work? Okay, thank you for that, Michelle. So intermittent fasting, perhaps just to go back to the basics, right, is a form of you know alternate periods of fasting and eating. Everyone does it differently. So it's not so much how one does, it's more what one actually eats during those periods of fasting. So that lots of different uh, fasting routines, and as you mentioned, the earlier one starts, um, the better the overall beneficial effects. So we know that from literature as well and from different studies that intermittent fasting may actually help to improve certain aspects of brain function, more so as you get older. So yes, the earlier you can start with these fasting routines, the better you can um, 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 sort of um, harness the overall benefits thereof. But there are, of course, different routines and one should very carefully consider um, their all overall physical condition as well as their psychological condition because it is a very um, stressful routine to actually undertake, especially because it's not a dietary approach. It is a long-term, sustained lifestyle change. So one should be able to keep that up for as long as possible. So if you have a member in your family who is starting to show very early symptoms, perhaps of Alzheimer's, you would then say, okay, fine, let us look at intermittent fasting. How does it work? Okay, so in the different approaches, of course, uh, the most popular approaches, right, would be, for example, the 16-18 method, where one would have been um, eat within an eight-hour period, for example, and then you eat your last meal at 8 p.m., for example. So then you also have the 5-2 approach, 
So there you normally eat uh, normally for five days a week and then you fast for the other two days. And then the so-called eat-stop approach where um, one actually, um, you eat normally most of the time, but once or twice a week you refrain from eating for 24 hours. So it's actually about finding the method that not necessarily is the most difficult for you to um, uphold or to stick to, but the one that's more I want to say adaptable in terms of your overall um, strategy of lifestyle improvement. So when it comes to an individual perhaps that's over the age of 60, I think there the approach needs to be more cautious, of course, because the dietary um, requirements might be quite different as opposed to someone at the age of 35 or younger. So it definitely would depend on how far gone that person is in terms of the overall signs or the onset of cognitive decline. So I would say firstly perhaps consult your medical practitioner and then maybe take it from there in terms of coming up with an overall plan that would best suit the stage of life they're in. So you don't want to do more damage. Um, so I think it's very, very um, important to consider the health aspects and their medical approach as well in that regard. Is there a type of food that may be good and valuable um, for someone who may be getting the symptoms of Alzheimer's? Yes, definitely. I think as with anyone, um, when you do go on these um, fasting regimes, it's not just a matter of how long you fast. It's also what you eat during the periods that you actually break your fast. So, of course, you want to... um, Um, digest or intake foods that are very nutrient-dense, for example, you want to sort of follow an approach where you are taking foods that, for example, will enhance your overall health. So, I mean, even approaches like the Mediterranean diet, which is very rich in your fish, for example, your nuts and and fruits, um, your legumes, for example. So, it really is just an overall long-term sustained plan of healthy eating. I want to say quote-unquote because healthy eating looks different for everyone. But I think it's definitely worth doing the research as far as what impact these overall foods have on your overall um, body in terms of how your cell regenerates and how your overall brain function will be affected. Sure. Dr. Nsapi, very briefly, I know that you, in fact, did do research, talking of research. Um, You wrote a paper on where you tested it on mice with regards to um, the intermittent fasting. Tell us about that briefly. Okay, so that study was, yes, as you mentioned, was done in rodents as well. So here we actually wanted to assess uh, what are the actual processes that are affected in the different regions of the brain that we know are actually impacted uh, by memory loss. So, for example, one of the most common regions is the hippocampus, which is responsible, of course, uh, for memories as well as different cognitive abilities such as thinking as well and processing of information. So what we noted in our in our study essentially after different, we had sort of a, a long-term and a short-term intermittent fasting period, with short-term being 24 hours and the long-term being the 48-hour period. So in this period, right, the mice had access to water, for example, so there were no signs of dehydration. And what we found at the end was that in regions such as the hippocampus, which we know, cells gradually start to die off with time, right, as yeah. mice start to age, as is well, in human beings, for example. We noted that with intermittent fasting, the processes in these cells that we know actually promote cell survival were actually stimulated. So as a result, we also found signs or indications of enzymes that we know, for example, retain the overall functionality of those brain cells. 
So these were very, very exciting data because from that, we could then see even in the overall behavior of the mice that the intervention actually did have very positive uh, signs to begin with. But as you mentioned, this was in a mice or a rodent type of study. These studies have also been done in human populations, for example, but these have largely been based on individuals um, during the Islamic holy month of Ramadan, for example. So there, these individuals would partake in routines such as the five, two, or the one-day-a-week fasting Mm. routine. And even there... um, scientists were actually able to show that following these individuals over a three-year time period, right, overall in terms of their overall brain function, individuals who more routinely partook in these uh, sort of like Islamic on and off uh, fasting routines, I want to say, uh, for lack of a better word, um, actually had a better um, overall cognitive, um, I want to say cognitive uh, function when we were assessed in terms of, you know, different assessments, different tests in terms of memory, different tests in terms of, you know, reasoning and recognition. So they said that there were actual overall beneficial results in individuals who more routinely partook um, in intermittent fasting, even if it was only during these uh, religious uh, fasting uh, times as well. So, yes, there definitely are still very early signs or very early stages of research as far as intermittent fasting is concerned. But so far, it's looking very promising. In closing, I do have to ask you, Dr. Nsapi, do you um, do intermittent fasting? Because what's quite clear is that one does not have to only do it if one is ill. One could do it to uh, keep one's strength and one's mind, essentially. No, definitely, Michelle. <laughs> I think in my case, also because I am um, a very um, average, I want to say sportswoman, if I can put it that way. So in addition to intermittent fasting, it's more for me, it's more realistic in terms of my overall work and the fact that I do have a rigorous uh, exercise plan as well to do more a 24-hour intermittent fasting period, for example, maybe over the weekend as almost like a cleansing ritual. So yes, I would definitely uh, recommend it for anyone who is, physiologically healthy and psychologically I want to say as well because of course it's not for everyone it's not for everyone I want to really really suggest that more so in individuals who for example have a current or past history of let's say disordered eating for example I definitely wouldn't recommend looking into such an approach or females who are pregnant or looking to get pregnant or anyone over the age of 70 for example it's not recommended for them as well so please do the necessary um, homework in terms of your own research and then perhaps consult with a medical practitioner to really find what would adequately suit you given your own physical condition. Don't go to Google doctor. Go to a real doctor and see what they say is what you're saying. <laughs> and not chat GPT as well. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Claudia Nsapi, thank you so much for joining us from the University of the Free State. Looking at the concept of intermittent fasting and the issue of Alzheimer's and how the two, the one could support the other. Eight o'clock, time for the news. Good morning.